1: Hello and welcome to the Sheer Lux in Conversation podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by content creator, influencer and TikTok star Christina Najjar, aka Tinks. What started as a hobby at the beginning of the pandemic has since catapulted Tinks to internet stardom, amassing 1.5 million TikTok followers, 350,000 Instagram followers and an entire subculture where her devotees hang on her every word buy everything she recommends and rail her for advice in her twice weekly Ask Me Anything segments from Gwyneth Paltrow to Lauren Santo Domingo. She counts some of the world's most glamorous women among her loyal fans with the former even guest starring in a Rich Mom video. Uh, something of a tink's signature in which she parodies wealthy women and their lifestyles. Part comedian, part guidance counsellor. Vogue has dubbed her as TikTok's big sister and today she's here with me to talk internet stardom, the highs and lows of social media and the advice she gives to all young girls, So hi! Awesome. Hi,
2: thanks for having me. Do, you, do people call you Tinks?
1: Everyone calls me Tinks. Do they? So yeah. We should say from the offset that we went to school yeah, together. We went to school together. So I know you was Christina.
2: I feel like at school it was it was split what people yeah. called me,
1: and now it's like everybody calls me Tinks. Okay, we'll go with Tinks. We'll go with Tinks. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you give us a bit of background about where you started? How you went to school in England? How you now? become an internet sensation. What's the journey been? Yes. So I,
2: my parents moved to London when I was Less than one, um, and they thought like so many Americans. Oh, we'll go for you know a year. We love it so much. We have a new baby, and um, they they never left. They're still here, 31 years later. So I grew up here to American parents, which is why my accent is um, mid Atlantic, is at best and plain old confusing at worst. You can do a pretty good London accent. I can if- do, and like, and the most embarrassing thing is, and now I've kind of like. People on TikTok had so many questions about it that I kind of reached my breaking point and I made a video and I was like, guys, I know it doesn't make sense. (laughs) So now I feel less ashamed to just say all of the weird intricacies. Like if I'm in a cab by myself, I'll use a British accent. Or if I'm ordering in a restaurant here, I'll use a British accent. Is that conscious no, it's just like I can't, I can't do a British accent to a British person in private. Like yeah. if they don't know me from before, which is super confusing. But I've been told by multiple psychiatrists that it's totally normal. Um, so identity thing. It's an there. identity I thing, yeah. I, so I grew up here. I went to a British school with you. Um, so all girls' school my whole um, young life, and loved it. And um, but I always wanted to go to school in the U.S. Uh, for college. Um, and I joke that it's because I watch, like, too much The O.C. in high school or whatever. But I think it was more just that I wanted to experience that part of my identity, my parents being American. And I had this, like, strong pull to California. Um, so I went to Stanford and then graduated. And I always thought I went to Stanford for English, um, literature, and creative writing. And then I was like, maybe I want to be in fashion or, you know, something to do with that. So I worked at Gap Inc., um, Uh, And that was really interesting. Um, Then I worked at this company called Poshmark, which is like – it's kind of like Depop. Um, Then I went back to school for a master's in journalism in New York at Parsons School of Design because I still thought that there was something about fashion. But this whole time – uh, since I graduated college, I had been freelance writing, and that's where I was really happiest. Is I would be writing like I would be lying if I said I didn't want to be Andy Anderson, how to girl. Like all my articles were like, I this is like why dating is like Pokemon Go, or like this is <laughs> how Game of Thrones is like Tinder and all those kind all of things. The hard hitting like, stuff. All the hard-hitting mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. And that's where I was just so happy. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'll go to New York be a writer, or whatever. Hated grad school was just not not for me. So when I graduated, I was like, I need to get back to California. Moved to LA, had this like vision that I should move there. But I was kind of like doing odd jobs, honestly. Like I was consulting, I was freelance writing. Anybody who's been a freelance writer knows it's very unsteady work. So I was like helping other brands with their social media, doing this and that, and was kind of starting to make a life for myself in LA. Also anybody who knows like moving cities in your 20s, like it's a massive upheaval. And I always tell girls, like it takes a year. Like if you move and you're scared shitless and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing, I can't make any friends, like it's okay because it takes ages to get your bearings and then the pandemic hit and obviously nobody wanted articles about like how to match your Zodiac sign to your workout gear or whatever. Mm. And I was like on the phone with my parents being like, I think I have to move home. I, this is like really dismal situation. And then I was like, you know what? I might as well just make a TikTok. I am so bored. I was in the tiniest flat, studio flat. It was the darkest, weirdest flat I've, I've ever seen in my life. I mean, not really, but it was just, it was so depressing and I didn't, I was alone, like my family was in England, so I was literally like super, super alone, like talking to the walls, kind of going (laughs) batshit. And then as soon as I made my first TikTok video, I was like, oh, this is what I've been supposed to be doing all my life. And it was truly that um, instant.
1: And you didn't have any kind of following before right, presumably you, no, you were at zero. No, I was at zero point, right? followers. Yeah. So then so what happened? Like how did it grow?
2: So I think it was two things. So I think first of all, I was just like, oh, this is what it feels like to be fulfilled by doing something. Like this feels it's that crazy feeling of like, oh my God, I can't wait to do this in the morning. Even if no one sees it, right? And I think that as we grow up, that's a feeling that's that's very hard to find because as we become adults, it's always like why am I doing this? Like, is this for money? Is this for, you know, to look cool? Is this for this or that? It's like, we lose that childhood instinct of like, I'm just doing this to create. And that's what was, I felt sparked in me again. So I was like, wow, I need to hold on to this and like pull this thread. And then also it started to resonate with people right away. And, um, I'm so happy that it, that it did and that it continues to, but I was like, I'm going to do this every day and just, and just see what happens.
1: A lot of people, I think, still don't really get TikToks. They yeah. don't know what it is. Yeah. It's definitely like a certain age demographic. You, know, you always say you're the oldest person on TikTok. I am. You're 21 <laughs> You're really not that old. Yeah. <laughs> but for those who are listening who still aren't really sure what it is, yeah. like, can you just break it down a bit?
2: Yeah, so it's a it's a video entertainment app, I would call it. And the videos, there is a, literally a video for every type of humor, for every type of educational purpose. Um, and basically the more time you spend on it, which is the, the loophole, <laughs> the better the algorithm gets. So for example, right? if you go on and you're like, I love dogs and you like all the funny dog videos, then your feed will populate with with videos that they know that you'll like. And it's a great mix. So it's like, I'm saying dog, but that's actually too broad. It's like, say if you have like a homemade candle making hobby, like they'll find that they'll figure mm-hmm. it out and they will feed you those videos to the point where it is the most personalized entertainment, I think on the planet. Really? And it is so entertaining and it's so funny and cool and I I mean I absolutely love it not only because it gave me my start but it's genuinely like what I do at the end of the day to relax and I still
1: watch the videos there. I mean, it is so addicting.
2: It's so addicting. Yeah. And because it's it's getting smarter every mm-hmm. every second you spend on it it's it's getting smarter which is, you know, obviously done interesting things to my attention span <laughs> given the videos are a maximum of 3 minutes, but very smart app.
1: And I mean, people kind of write it off as something for young people, but like, and you know, we joke obviously about you being older, yeah. but like, it's not right. Like there's content for no, everything. There's content for everything. And there's so
2: many, like you, I, I always joke that I learned so much on TikTok, like recipes, home improvement, that kind of stuff. And, and also I, I mean, that was part of why I started is like, I, w- I thought, oh, I'm enjoying this so much. I don't see a ton of people like this was because I started April of the pandemic. So mm. 2020, I, I didn't see like a ton of millennial content. I didn't see a ton of um like our kind of humor, like millennials have a starter pack. We love a little bit of um satire of coastal elites, that kind of thing. And I was like, well, I can add to this and and grow audience here and and kind of deliver for my people. So,
1: so talk to me a bit about that because obviously you had the writing thing, but like you're not a comedian by trade, right? No. And you never kind of, as far as I know, you never wanted to do stand up, right? No. So like where did that come from? This this kind of did you always well I mean I know you always have that kind of satirical thing in you, but like where did you how did you tap into that? So I think it's like I always
2: tell the girls and by the way when I say the girls I mean my followers like sometimes you're doing things and you don't know what it's leading towards or you don't know why you're doing something but it you can you're always learning actually you are so um I think writing was a precursor to TikTok in a lot of way because in a way like an article and a TikTok are not dissimilar you have a certain amount of time and a certain amount of people's attention span to entertain people educate them um break up their work day whatever and I kind of think about them the same way right like I'm not going to write an article that doesn't provide value in some way and that's the same way with tiktok it's like okay, I have three minutes to like make people laugh or, or do whatever. So I think in a way that I, I just never thought of myself as a, in front of the camera person, but in large part, it's also the pandemic where, I mean, I feel like we were kind of coming to the end of that era of influencers anyway, of like the picture perfect one. But I think especially with, with COVID and lockdown, everybody was kind of like, wow, we just don't care about perfection anymore in the way that we used to. And I, you know, I think that that really encouraged me. And if you look at my early videos, I was always hung over because I was drinking like a bottle of wine alone and in, in lockdown I was always wearing hoodies no makeup like the way that I actually got my following was just being like completely raw in myself to the point where now if I wear makeup they're like whoa tanks like you look so fancy I'm like
1: I, I just have mascara on
2: Literally it's not a big foundation. deal
1: <laughs> so you obviously started with the kind of the satire stuff mm-hmm. and so you were kind of doing this self-deprecating thing how did that evolve into kind of what it is now like for those who don't follow you now I mean it's everything right there you've still got the satire yeah. but then you've got you know you do your mini vlogs which is so great like there's such a wealth of content so like where did all of that come from
2: I think a lot about um one tip that I always give new creators is like create the content that you want to see and I found that a lot of when I follow like influencers or content creators I would want to see more I, I just wouldn't want to see one thing and I think that that's such a it's such a trap that that influencers and content creators can fall into because it's like you want to be consistent right so i think about my content as like a little mini variety show and i you know when when someone follows me i think about it like as though they're making an investment in me and i need to deliver i need to add value to their day um because i hate it when i follow someone and they like clog up my feed with boring or you know redundant i'm just like my filter is how can i entertain how can i educate how can i inform how can i empower like it has to be doing one of those things otherwise why why am i putting it up you so know it's value added it's value added mm-hmm. and um and also i think that people you know kind of to what i was saying before people want more of a full picture of an influencer's life or a content creator's life they don't just want one thing whereas before it was very like these are my beauty influencers these are my fashion influencers these are my lifestyle like I truly you don't know what you're gonna get like am I hungover? am I am I posting drunk from somewhere or am I saying something really serious about feminism like you really it's mm-hmm. kind of a wild card so a lot. um so I'm like I'm I'm consistent in my inc- inconsistency and that's by design um because I just I want to make sure that I'm it's, it's exciting and fun mm. to follow me and it's not just one note. The same thing. Yeah.
1: And where did the advice stuff come from? So obviously you do these, this is on Instagram as yeah. well, but you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's so much of this on TikTok from you as well. You do, well, go on, you explain it, you explain it better than me.
2: I have always loved, getting advice. Like I, when I'm someone who, when I trust someone, I love asking them for advice, really listening to it. I also love reading, um, female memoirs. I, I learn so much from them. My whole ethos is basically like, if you have a room full of women and someone has a problem, someone in there has the answer. It's just about sharing the information. And I don't know everything by no means, but I do know a little bit more than some girls in some areas. And it's like, if I can make a mistake, and, and I can save some girl out there three weeks by explaining, like, what happened to me with some boy. That's, that's like, means the world to me. Like, mm-hmm. that is what life is about. So it just sort of started – people started asking me, and and it just – it had so much traction immediately, and I would do these ask many things, and a majority of the questions were, you know, about life and dating and, and how to be in your 20s, and there was a lot about, you know, I'm afraid to get older, I'm afraid to be single, or I'm comparing myself a lot, and it just – really it, you know I think it just felt so natural and also I don't know if it was the all girl school thing too because I went to an all girl school until I was 18 and then in, at Stanford I was president of my sorority like I really I love my girlfriends I love female friendship I think it's the thing that boosts you up I think that um dating men marriage it's fantastic and wonderful and fulfilling but your female friendships are just, I mean that's so special mm-hmm. and so it's like again it's just about sharing the information what's the most, what's the topic you get asked about? the dating. Most dating. Hands down, hands down. And I think that, you know, people are lost. Like it is a whole new era. And just to say, you know, just to kind of roll your eyes when people say, oh, it's so much more difficult with social media and dating apps. Like that's, it is. Mm. Like I, 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 I hate when people, when women are gaslit and, and into thinking like, oh, we're making a fuss out of nothing. Like, no, it's so complicated. It's not just like, Oh, did he call me or not? It's did he watch my fucking mm-hmm. Instagram story? Did he like my post? Who is he following? Um was he like on on online on whatsapp like there are so many different channels to manage and and to like adjust your expectations to and navigate that I think people are just lost, and it's like we can rather than having a scarcity mindset, meaning like elbows out like ooh, there's only one boy, there's only one job. It's like let's share the information mm-hmm. and like make it easier for all of us
1: That's a very like. I mean, mature sounds really patronizing, but you know, it's it takes a lot of people a long time to get to that place yeah. of, you know, wanting to kind of be a sister in that way and share that information. Like, was it a process for you to get to that point? I was
2: always obsessed with, I was always obsessed with girls. No, <laughs> I, I always wanted a sister. I, mm. I have a little brother who I adore. I adore him so much. He's my best friend, but I just always loved, I, I trust women. Like I trust the good in them. And I, and I feel like we can help each other so much. And I remember both at school and in my sorority, like I would look up to the older girls and you know, if they took the time, I remember, let me put it this way. I remember the girls who would stop and say, oh no, you should do this class instead. Or like, oh, like that guy's being a jerk because of this. Or, you know, that sticks in my memory like crazy. And then also, you know, memoirs that I've read that have had some of the biggest impact on me in my life. Like, and if I can do that for someone else, it's just like, it's, it's the best feeling in the world. Whose memoirs have stuck with you? Diane von Furstenberg's is amazing. Yes. It's so good. You the, can learn the woman I wanted to use. Yes. It's it's literally incredible. God, who else have I run? Ga- Gabrielle Union. I feel like
1: sorry, hers is kind of helpful that she's a princess, Say That is sort of the it's, foundation. It's of a this. huge help. It turns out yeah. huge help if yeah. you
2: can if you can who manage knew? to be a princess um and have a really glamorous life. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabrielle Union, Demi Moore, um, all of Nora Ephron's work is obviously amazing, but it's just if you can internalize some of the, the, you know, mantras that they say, it, it really does, it, it's helped me. So it's, again, it's an honor that my followers trust me.
1: What's the difference between Instagram and TikTok for you and the different types of content you create and how, and the reception you get and how you manage those followers differently?
2: They are so different. It's so interesting. TikTok is way more immediate as in if you're not hooking people in the first three seconds of the video, they're going to scroll. That's just the nature of the app and that's good and bad. For TikTok, I'm just thinking about how can I grab their attention? How can I... Basically, how can I sum up my idea into one minute or less? Instagram, I always call them like my A team because it's the people who really like to know everything about my life, and um, I feel a lot closer to them. Honestly, because of Instagram stories. And I think, um, because Instagram stories, I don't think, I'm like, oh, I'm having this like really good cake. I wanna show them right now. Like I would never make a TikTok about a slice of cake. Well, that's a lie. That was a bad example because I love (laughs) cake, but you know, Instagram stories, it's like, that's the minutia of my day. It's spontaneous, right? Totally, and so they're different, but it's a lot to manage. And it's so funny because I always worry that I'm being repetitive and people will start following me and they'll be like, wait, can you explain this thing and that thing? And I'm like, oh, I don't don't wanna repeat because that's gonna annoy my followers who've been here for a while but it's like nobody sees all your content mm-hmm. that's the crazy thing is i make i make quite a bit of content like i make 3 tiktoks a day about two to five minutes of Instagram stories and one grid post a day Mm -hmm. and people don't see all my content like and it's like they can be following me on all platforms it's a vain narcissism honestly that I think everybody's like (laughs) you're running a business so you've got
1: to assume that people are seeing it all. Yeah. what does an average day look like for you I know you'll laugh and say there isn't one but you know what, what does life look like at the moment no so I'm really into routine I love it
2: I think routine that's so funny because I love reading things of people being like what's your routine and, and people are always like I know two days the same and mm-hmm. I'm like I rise <laughs> at is- 6 <laughs> p.m. no but I get up at 6 a.m. every morning mm-hmm. um and I dry brush. I don't know how much detail you want, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Heavy, heavy. I put on a song and then I dry brush for mm-hmm. two minutes. I, people are always like, Tanks, what does dry brushing do? Listen, I don't really know, but it feels good. Sure. And just... a lot of famous people do it, so I'm going to do it too. Can't it's, hurt, can it? It can't hurt. Mm-hmm. It's a nice way to start the day. And I try to, and then I always go on my, my walk. So, talk yeah, to you about your yeah, walk. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a name. It's got a name. It's called the Rich Mom Walk, RMW. And... I think that walking has been slept on for a while. Like people think walking is not cool, Walking is the best exercise. It's the best meditation. It's the best therapy No matter where I am in the world. I always get up and go for a walk. It can be five minutes well, Listen, we need fresh air. We're we're all busy gals We all are working our asses off and and sometimes we forget like yes We go to our fancy workout classes Yes, we go to our pilates and our soul cycles and we sit in a crowded room for 45 minutes and sweat and then we you know and i'm proud of us for doing that but a walk is literally I not to get too woo-woo, but it's like what humans were supposed to do, mm-hmm. right? We're just supposed to walk around, get fresh air. Go get yourself a coffee. I swear to God, a five minute walk at the beginning of your day totally sets the trajectory off on a good path. So I do that, but mine is usually longer. It's like why I live in LA, so that I can go for long walks every single morning of the year. I walk for like an hour and then I come back. I always have breakfast. I literally am so jealous of those people who are like, I don't eat
0: till lunch.
1: People who are like, I just forgot to eat. I forgot to eat. I'm like, good for you. you?
2: I like have to eat in the morning. Otherwise I'm famished. I'll make a smoothie or I'll go get breakfast. And then I, my assistant will come over. We'll go over what we have to do in the day. And then after that, things go more like kind of crazy, especially lately. I just feel like since um, things have started to open
1: back up again, the events has been that uh, have been off the charts like <laughs> but like so before obviously before the pandemic you weren't doing this right like oh, you no. weren't in this industry like so this must be like a massive like a like a good slap in the face like you're just you've oh woken up it like it's not cinderella vibes
2: it's especially in la where you know love it or hate it the clout you have online actually matters in mm. real life which is you know, conversation for another podcast. Mm -hmm. But I went into lockdown like with no followers, no job, um, like planning to move home to my parents. And I exited and I'm like getting glam every day going to all these red carpets. So it's definitely an interesting juxtaposition. What I'll say is I feel really lucky that this is all happening to me at my age, which is 31. And I feel so protective over my little friends on TikTok who are like 21 and they just moved to LA. And I'm like, You guys, like, you've never been to an office. You've Mm -hmm. never sent an email. You don't know how to deal with trolling. And listen, I'm not an expert on how to deal with trolling, but at least I feel like I have, I'm fully formed human before this has all happened Mm -hmm. to me. So again, it's it's one of the positives of being the oldest TikToker.
1: How do you make money?
2: I do brand deals. So this it's so fascinating to people because I don't do affiliate marketing, which no shade to affiliate marketing. And basically, the difference is for me. Right at the beginning, I was like, I know I'll feel weird if I get a kickback from something. If I'm like, if I feel that I'm pushing someone to buy something that I'm going to get direct money from, Mm -hmm. I prefer to partner with brands on
1: a larger scale. So for those who don't understand, basically Mm -hmm. when you link to a product, you're not getting any commission on that. There's no like to know it there. Like you just, you're linking it because you love it.
2: Yeah. I'm linking it because I love it. And it started because I did this TikTok about this water bottle, this cup cup. and the sippy (laughs) cup. And, and like someone, some like New York times reporter was like, this TikTok has 4 million views and half a million likes. And this TikToker didn't get commission. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't, it's okay. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, it's, I love, I'm obsessed with recommending products. And I know what I like. I'm a really decisive person, which in a way is why I'm a good influencer because I'm like, I really love something. Like if I love something, I will not shut up about Mm -hmm. it. So how I make money is a brand will come to me and say, okay, why don't you do three TikToks, like a bunch of Instagram stories, a grid post, um, and we'll partner together for six months. And to me, that suits my personality, my audience, my followers better anyway, because you have time to like work together creatively um it's not just a one and done like again it it's part of that era that i think is coming to a close of like the grab for cash like oh yeah we'll do 10k for this you know instagram post or whatever like it's all about like bigger partnerships but to me, I know it's a good, it's a good brand deal when I announce it and my followers are like, oh my God, you love that. That's great for you. Like when I, when I got skims, when I did skims, everyone was like, you, this is perfect for you. Mm-hmm. You love Kim Kardashian, you love skims. You've talked about it naturally and now you're making content for them. So it's Chipotle, like, Chipotle, another one. Chipotle, like such a good par- partnership. For those yeah. who don't know, you have a bowl named after you. I have a bowl named after me because I'm so, I was so obsessed with it, and I was making organic content for them just like, because I loved it can and they we, were like,
1: can we get it here? Is I, it I know. I it, it was the only in
2: America. Crazy. Yeah. But it was just, it was the best. And and they were such a great team to partner with because they like had me in HQ. They had me in the back, like meeting the chef, like that's interesting content. Like audiences are very smart now. They're not just going to accept an influencer being like, you should buy this mug because like I say so like mm-hmm. that, that those days are over or they're coming to a close. That has been my uh, business strategy and it, and it worked really well. Luckily I have a manager and a team who is Totally down to do that with me. I was like, I never want to sell anything cringy. Like mm. I I not only will I not, but like I can because my whole thing with my followers is being honest and they can tell mm. when I'm being sincere or not.
1: Authenticity is your brand now. It's right? my brand. <laughs> How at what point were you like oh shit this is this is a career like this is a viable career option now well
2: I started getting calls
1: I like I remember it was in August so I started in April and I
2: started getting calls from like agents and managers being like do you have representation and Mm. I was like that's right we're also
1: literally talking like 14 months 14 15 months ago like no time at all right I
2: was so crazy I was so shocked and then I remember my first big deal my first big brand deal was um was Amazon Prime or Amazon Prime Video reached out and they were like can you make six TikToks for us and I was like I was like, yeah, I'll do it for free. And then I was, (laughs) and then I, this guy who was helping me out, who was, he's my, one of my mentors and he was an agent. He was like, no, like they're going to pay you. Like this is real. And then after I did that, I was like, oh, I can, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And then I basically became full-time content January of this year, because before that I was still doing odd jobs. Like I had to pay my rent. I was still stuck in LA. I couldn't get back to England. I was like, oh my God. Um, and then, so that's when I really started to monetize. Is when
1: I like got a manager and that that stuff. When have you had, or what would have been your real kind of pinch me moments? Like, what's been the coolest things you've done? Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, there's just it's
2: it's insane. Like, I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow collab was obviously like something that I dreamed
1: of. I mean, for those who haven't seen. Can you explain a bit? Can you explain a bit about rich mom yeah. as well?
2: So when I had no following, I used to take a picture of my outfit when I worked in like corporate America. And you, you've I, always
1: done this. You've I've always, done I've this. always
2: yeah. done these like stupid like from the days of Snapchat. Yeah. I would take a picture of my outfit, and it would be like literally a pantsuit because I like worked in corporate America, and I would make up a character. And a lot of the times they would be like rich moms, just because I think rich moms are like hysterical and funny and multifaceted and great fodder for comedy. And so I was like, I wonder if this could be adapted for TikTok like it's so random it's such a talk about niche like parts of your brain and I made it and it like people were obsessed Mm. immediately and so I basically do different rich mom characters for different cities and basically say this is what they would wear this is what they would drive like gently making fun of them it's like half satire half aspirational I had noticed that Gwyneth Paltrow started following me and then I was chatting to Goop I'm a big Goop fan I think that they do great work and they were launching a new show and they were like, oh, you should come and, you know, do some content for us, maybe interview her. And I was like, would she, would she ever do a rich mom? And they were like, she's totally into it. And so I went to Goop HQ and we filmed together and she couldn't be cooler. Oh, I mean, babe. So I've good. like, I've worshipped her for so long. I think she's so, she's so in on the joke and she's so smart and so runs smart. such a good business. And it was just like, it was unbelievable. Yeah, You so, can't not rate her for that, can yeah, you? Yeah, she's just, yeah. So she's great. But I mean, certain events, like. I'm not going to lie. The parties are amazing. Like I got to wear a Dior dress to Amfar, and it was like the best yeah, day of my life. Cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just so grateful. I mean, I think those are like the external pinch me mo- moments, the internal pinch me moments. It- it's just, they all come daily from the in- interactions with my followers. Mm. Just when I get notes about the impact that I've made on people's lives, like that is I'm just so grateful and happy day to day now, not to say that I was miserable in my twenties, but I think again, to anyone listening who maybe hasn't found their, their passion and their, you know, especially for millennials, like we were all raised in that era of like, oh, this 18 year old founded this company and now they're a billionaire. And if you don't have your own company, by the time you're 22, you're a failure. And it's like, you know, it can come at any time in your life. Mm. So, um, I think just day to day, I feel pinched me that I get to do something that doesn't feel like work now.
1: You're having such a, I mean, a moment, again, sounds really reductive, but, you know, it's it's like you really kind of hit that cultural zeitgeist on the head. You know, everybody's writing about you, talking about you. There's so much attention. How does that feel? Like, it's, you know, it's such a quick ride. So, like, how do you deal with that day to day?
2: I'm going to go there. Okay. So, I think for women, I think it can be difficult because the second you show any, like, you're not being like, I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful, which I am. I am so freaking grateful, but it's a lot. Mm. Some, di- some days I'm just like, wow, geez, like it's it's so much and it's not a bad moment it's just like it's it, it's very intense mm. i'll put it that way and and again it just it's so interesting that the pandemic was kind of like in the middle of it so that i don't even remember what my life was like before mm. so it's fun it's, it's it can be overwhelming it's high highs and low lows mm. i mean i have phone addiction like my, mm. my my screen time is 11 12 hours a day which is horrific. Well, it's,
1: your, it's how you make a living. It's my job yeah. for
2: sure. But I am I am like, there will come a time when I need to set better boundaries. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that like, as you said, we're in a moment right now. So you have to like strike while the iron's hot and mm-hmm. make hay while the sun shines. Like there will be a time for me to rest and recuperate. But now's not it. And so it's just, it's full on. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm like, I'm holding on as tight as I can.
1: Do you feel the weight of the responsibility of all these questions and all these young followers? Oh my God. I take it so seriously. Mm. Like, I don't take
2: anything seriously. I don't even take myself seriously. Mm. But this is the only thing in my life where I'm like, these girls trust me. I try to do an hour or two every day just answering DMs. Because I get it. Because if someone has the courage and if someone trusts me enough to take time to write me a problem that they're having in their life, that is so important to me. And that's basically my priority above Mm. anything else in my business. You know, and again, like... I don't have all the answers, but I think sometimes it just takes someone who you look up to or whatever to tell you that it's going to be okay. Mm. Like sometimes that can be more meaningful than like having the answer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: but that's a lot of pressure on you, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, I, yeah. It's It can be a lot.
1: I mean, I get the questions that I get are... Some of them are easy. Some yeah, of them are difficult. <laughs> I bet. Talk, can you tell me a bit about your dating advice? And we were doing a bit of a circle, yeah. but you know, and your, the box theory, which is like another thing yeah. that's like gone a bit viral, right? So yeah. like, what is the box theory and what is your dating advice?
2: I've lived in three different cities in my twenties. I've dated guys in all of those cities. I have friends who are married with kids. I have single friends. I have you know, friends, girlfriends all over. And and throughout my 20s, I've been kind of quietly collecting data. And I've always like had theories. I love a theory. I love a way to talk about it. Box theory is have been working on this theory for a while and then I noticed that so many girls were asking me questions about like when should I sleep with a guy or like oh my god like what I did this and that like do you think he's going to text me or did I screw it up did I screw it up box theory is the idea that if you meet a guy in a romantic setting so a setup a dating app or at a party you know you're sitting next to him at a dinner party what have you immediately when he meets you he's going to put you in a box he wants to date you he wants to sleep with you or he wants nothing to do with you. Okay, if it's box 3, you're out of luck. Sorry, move on. Next, <laughs> next. But that's fine because mm. it's so clear. Okay, the the way that people get trapped or, or tripped up is like between the the dating and the um and the sleeping with because girls often think that they can manipulate this manipulate a guy into dating you like mm-hmm. oh if i don't sleep with him or if i play hard to get or if i play games or if i post this on my instagram story maybe he'll want to date me instead of just hook up mm-hmm. with me he's already made his decision mm-hmm. like you can if he doesn't want to date you and you hold out, you don't sleep with him, you talk about how much you love your family and your dog, like that's not going to make him want to date you, okay? He's just not that into you. He's just not that into you, exactly. Vice versa, if he wants to date you, you could literally rebuff him and be, and puke on his shoes and like <laughs> get really drunk and like act like a maniac and he's still going to be like head over heels, goo goo mm-hmm. in love with you. And then people are like, okay, well, thanks. that puts all the power in the guy's hand. And then I say, you're looking at it the wrong way. The point is, you should be empowered to act how you want. If you feel like sleeping with a guy on a second date, because you feel like it and you're ready, go for it. It doesn't matter. Mm. So much of the time I get questions that end in, do you think he likes me? And then I put it back to them and I'm like, Do you like mm. him? Why do we have this problem? Because there is a scarcity mindset amongst women. Okay. It's a, I was gonna say this is a girl thing. Right? It's like, a girl I know thing. it's
1: a social media thing, but it's yeah. a girl
2: thing. No, it's a girl thing. There's a scarcity mindset. Ultimately, deep down, we all have this fear there's not enough men, there's not enough marriages, there's not enough houses, there's not enough jobs that are cool, and and we have this scarcity mindset in a way that men don't. And it's so frustrating because it's like, it's fear that's holding us back. It's fear that's, that's informing so much of our dating life, which sucks, right? Because it's like, a lot of the time, I'll, and so then reverse box theory is my theory where I'm like, again, generalization, if you're the exception, congratulations, I'm so happy for you. A lot of girls, especially in their young 20s, Will automatically put a guy in the I want to date him box because they want a boyfriend so bad. So it's reverse box theory. So for Mm -hmm. women, there's just one. Like, girls will see a dude on a dating app who's like very pedestrian, very mediocre, (laughs) like some random guy wearing a short sleeve button down, (laughs) like, you know, whatever, probably doesn't have a headboard. And before they've even met him, they've whipped themselves into a frenzy thinking, this is this is my husband. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a June wedding in the (laughs) Cotswolds. I think I'll wear Vera Wang. Um, you know, and they've, they've future tripped an entire life with a guy that they don't even know Mm -hmm. what he's like. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then by the time they get to the date, they're so freaked out. They're so desperate. They feel like it's a job interview where they have to win this guy over Mm -hmm. because they've projected this image of him. And I'm like, Whoa, don't put a guy in the dating box before he's worthy. Mm. You have to just wait. Like, how do you feel on the date? Does he ask you questions? Does he text you the next day? Does he make you feel funny? Does he make make you feel sexy and cool? Like only then does he get to go in the date box. Mm. And I really, really attribute that to scarcity mindset. And it's like, there's, I promise you there's enough to go around. There is so much to go around it. And I think that scarcity mindset is something that massively holds women back not only in dating but in careers as well because we've
1: talked about that you know there's this mentality that like if you know somebody else being pretty doesn't make you less pretty but like how do we get out of that like what what how do you think as women you know (laughs) there's a lot of us but how do we how do we work to break that down is it being more like you and being more sisterly and supportive
2: well for me like on a a practical level like different mantras like that i can you can use to kind of like control all delete in your brain like say you're Say you're at work and your friend comes in and she's like, oh my God, I got engaged. Like, look at my ring. It's huge. Like, oh my God, we got engaged in Thailand. Like, everything's amazing. And you're thinking like, oh my God, like, I'm never going to get married. Okay. The first thing that I always say to my followers is number one, comparison is the thief of joy. Like, don't even, don't even go farther down that road in your, in your head. Just if you find yourself comparing, go control alt delete comparison is a thief of joy. Like there is nothing good going to come of me comparing this to my friend. Secondly, her success is not my failure. One of my favorite mantras. Okay. Literally someone getting engaged, someone getting a promotion, someone getting, going on holiday with a really hot boyfriend, like doesn't mean that you're not going to have that. And it doesn't mean that that's not coming for you or something even better is coming for you. It's not like her or you, and you have to really internalize that. And it's difficult because Women can be competitive. And I, I'm okay to say that. Like, I think, you know, we can't just say like, oh, let's all hold hands and get along. Like, you need to anchor yourself in those truths because women can be competitive and, mm-hmm. and you can automatically feel that way. And then thirdly, the thing I'd say is feel your friend's wins, like, as if they were your own. Like, if your friend comes in and gets engaged, like, genuinely feel so much love in your heart, feel like it's almost you. Because what's that phrase? It's like, a win for her is a feather in all of our caps. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, you know, it means like, that's good you you need to feel joy for your friends in in your bones because otherwise you'll be comparative otherwise it will take you to a dark place and and otherwise your 20s can be a little bit of a treacherous time because it's like up until the age of when you graduate school you're all in the same kind of playing field roughly right you're Mm -hmm. all like you know, the same age, everybody's kind of doing the same thing. You're all, all in school. And then all of a sudden in your twenties, everybody shoots off and catapults to different paths. Someone's getting married. Someone's getting a job. Yeah. Those are my three.
1: Yeah. It's so there's a lot to unpack. Have you faced much negativity online? Yeah.
2: There's really bad trolling. And I think that the internet is a really, well, first of all, I'm an optimist. Like I believe in the good in people, but there's also a lot of bad people and it does, it does frighten me that there is, it seems like it's almost a sport now mm. to be trolls online. So yeah, I, I got the, I got the odd troll comment. I got the odd, really creepy DM from a finsta that's just like set out to ruin my day. And you know what? You can, you can do all the tricks. You can say, oh, well imagine how bad their life must be or imagine how sad you must be to make a finsta. Sometimes I'm like, you spent 25 minutes setting this up so that you could tell me I look ugly. Mm. Like that's... You need to get a yeah, hobby. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it just hurts my feelings. Like of course it does. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes it just sucks. Sometimes I'll be like already in a rough having a rough day, or I'll be really tired and I'll look at my DMs and it will be like, you are so fat and ugly. And I'm like, thank you. Okay, <laughs> great. great. This is fun <laughs> for me. You know, one thing that I noticed recently is like on Instagram, if you block someone, it will say block blah blah blah. And their other and accounts. And their other accounts. Yeah. Which to me indicates that trolling and bullying have become such a problem online. Mm-hmm. They literally had to change the app to, which is like, oh my God, people, we have to do better. Like, mm-hmm. this is really crazy. So, I mean, I have a couple of different tactics. Like, sometimes I'll just respond. And a couple of times I've responded and they'll be like, oh my God, I never thought you'd see this. And it's like, well, then why did you, that's even worse mm-hmm. to me. Because then it's like you you just were spreading mm-hmm like acid into the internet with with like just why? It's
1: offloading hate, isn't it? It's offloading it's hate. and mm-hmm.
2: it's just like I wish that I could tell every person like if you are just doing it because you think it feels like cathartic in the moment, you're making it so much worse. You're making negativity a habit for yourself and at the end of the day, yeah, you might hurt my feelings sometimes, but I can put off my phone and I'm a happy and I'm a positive person. Like if you sit there on the online all day like being spreading mean comments like that's really you're taking your life down a bad path so it's tough again i'm 31 like i've had many jobs i have great friend group like i'm pretty supported but sometimes i do look on the kids on tiktok and i'm like man you're 18 you're like literally stunning girl and you have a million likes on this half a million comments and Mm. it's just like it's it's a
1: bit much it'll be really interesting long term to see the effects that it has on influencers because oh it's, it's, it can get dark.
2: No, I always joke that I think social media is kind of going to be cigarettes. Like, I think my grandkids are going to be like, you want to know why grandma's crazy? Can yeah. you believe <laughs> she used to do like – 12 hours of raw internet a day and they're like yeah that's why she's like talking to the corner over there and they're I'm gonna, gonna be like debating
1: whether to make it illegal like, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no i I, <laughs> I really believe that um you went through quite a public breakup on tiktok how what did that teach you i mean public you obviously you kept his identity yeah. low-key but mm-hmm. you know obviously like you documented the fact you were in a relationship mm-hmm. and then that relationship broke down like did that make you wary of sharing things or not so much?
2: It's so funny. One of my followers asked me this. She was like, I think you're not telling us as much about dating life lately. And I'm not not gonna share with them because i love to share with them, but I am recalibrating a bit slightly. Yes. Yeah, so basically I I fell head over heels for this guy, like so in love with him. I think we said I love you after like three weeks. I was so public with it on TikTok. I was like, you guys, I'm so happy. And the majority of people were so happy for me to see me in this new like happy time, and then yeah, he cheated on me, and um, I like found out, and and I th- thought, okay, I have a choice. Like either I can cower and just you know be in sadness by myself and just say well, I'm not telling you guys what happened, or I can try to leverage this into a teaching moment because I think being cheated on is something that causes a lot of shame for a lot of women. I mean, even when you think about like in the media think about like how women are portrayed like celebrities like it's always about the woman right it's always like oh like what did she do to make him cheat blah 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 so in my really raw state i I just found out i recorded this video and i was like i'm devastated but i'm not embarrassed like i'm humiliated but i'm not embarrassed that i fell in love so quickly i'm not embarrassed that i trusted the person that i love um i believe vulnerability is a superpower and and something that makes people strong and i was like yeah, like I'm, I'm broken, but I'm going to be okay. And the response was amazing. And I'm so glad that I did it. It was just such a hard time, but, but it really, it sounds so fucking cheesy, but in helping my followers, like see that and teaching them a lesson, like I got so many messages saying, this has just happened to me or wow. I wish I'd looked at it from this way. It did help me. Mm. It really did help me, um, get through it. And yeah, I mean, Sometimes I look back and I'm like, I cannot believe I did that, but but I did. I made a three minute video crying on TikTok.
1: So. <laughs> Got you where you are today. So Here there you we go. are. Yeah. You talked before. We had a laugh about the idea that social media will one day be seen as you know something that was so terrible for you. But like in all seriousness, kind of where do you see this going? Not for, we'll talk about you in a minute, but like generally, you know, obviously there was Facebook and there was Snapchat and these things still exist. But but it's ever evolving. Like a, how do you keep it up? Yeah. And B. What are you, you know, you're better placed than anyone to predict the future of this. So what's next?
2: Ah, oh, such a good question. I think, um, I mean, I, I'm still trying to get through Mark Zuckerberg's thing about the metaverse and how we're all going to have avatars. Like, I, I, did, I'm, I didn't quite get through that. But I think I think that that is sort of, we're definitely headed that way. I mean, the pandemic definitely taught us that we can do most of our work remotely. And that's only going to intensify our relationship with social media um, and the time that we spend online. Again. I'm a really really glass half full person. I do think that social media is a tool for good, but like I've spoken about like there's also a lot, there's a there's a a really gnarly underbelly that is scary and that I'm afraid of. So I think it will be kind of up to not only the curators and the and the tastemakers and the entertainers like on the lower level, but also like the lawmakers in terms of like where this goes. I mean, they were making in the US, I don't know about here, they were actually had a, a hearing about making Finstas illegal. Mm. And like it was in the Supreme Court because it they they said like, we ha- we need to verify people's identities. Like people just can't be having like 10 accounts.
1: But they keep saying they can't police it, right? And, but Isn't they that say, what yeah, they're, saying? they're yeah.
2: saying that, but it's like, is that true? Like, I don't know. Sure. I mean, yeah. are we going to get to a point where it will be like, you have to be, everyone has to be verified, mm. like, their identity to have a profile line. Like, would, would that be better? I don't know. So I think it's really up to us mm. in terms of how we harness the power.
1: We obviously grew up with, you know, magazines and publishing in that conventional way. Have you been surprised? I mean, like, at Sheerlucks, we're surprised at how different age groups consume different things. So have you been surprised that, you know, the way that media and content is created through TikTok and how younger girls consume content and media now
2: it's insane because i remember when we were growing up like i know you're the same way i would get a magazine every month and i would like read it cover to cover word for word and like like tear out pictures and like save them and whatever and that's how we would know what was going on Mm. now like girls get their fashion inspiration from tiktok they'll watch fashion influencers get dressed every day fashion influencers will say should i pick this outfit or that outfit and then in 20 minutes there will be twenty thousand comments to help them pick their outfit mm-hmm. like it's a new level of interactivity it's insane and
1: obviously they are on instagram as well yeah it's do you nuts. think they are do you think that, they, that you know young 20 somethings are using instagram anywhere near as much as they're using tiktok i think that they use it like we used to use facebook mm-hmm. before people stopped using
2: facebook like i think that they just use it to like Almost as, like, an organizational tool to put up their pictures, like they whatever. they have a presence, yeah. But they don't... Yeah, they, they're on Snapchat. Mm. Well, at least in the States, they all use Snapchat to talk to each other. TikTok to socialize and to create content. And mm. then Instagram's more just, like, just kind net. of
1: aesthetic, yeah. almost,
2: at this point. Yeah. It's like a
1: mood board. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and I don't think that they read magazines. No, they don't. I which can is, it for a fact. We've, we've done is, the research. They don't. Which yeah. is nuts. I know,
2: it's crazy. It's, it's so crazy. And, like, I'll always love a magazine I yeah. can't help it I, there's nothing like it the weight of a glossy feeling book in yeah. your hand it's like to me the coolest thing always yeah.
1: how have you been received as a you know content creator by the industry like by that ind- by the magazine industry because obviously there's often been a lot of friction mm-hmm. between like traditional publishing you know you're, you're effectively a publisher aren't you yeah. so like between that traditional form of media and influencers, like how's that relationship
2: they have been so welcoming to me. I feel like especially at Fashion Week in, in New York in um, September, I noticed, wow, the front row is all TikTokers. It was crazy. It was mm-hmm. so insane. But you know why? Because I looked around and I was like, wow, it's so nice that they're receiving us and like inviting us and welcoming us and whatever. And I look around and I'm like, every TikToker here has a, a ring light and is making a TikTok live from backstage. They're making a TikTok front row. They're doing a... Fun transition video with their outfit. That that's the content that and they're publishing. Yeah, they're publishing. So it's like the fashion houses need TikTokers and and content creators, and now more and more magazines do. And and I've been lucky to work with some amazing magazines on some amazing content, and it's cool. So I think it's amazing. I've definitely been warmly received, but I I'm super cognizant that that hasn't always been the case. And I think now it's kind of it's feeling truly integrated and Mm -hmm. like a, a happy partnership. But I remember that article that Vogue wrote a couple years ago remember that that. it's like it was it was like they lashed out they lashed out about influencers versus editors exactly yeah the tiktok team is amazing like to their creators Mm -hmm. like they're very supportive not to name names but not so much like instagram (laughs) i'm like email me back (laughs) (laughs) help me um what's next for you where do
1: you go from here
2: I am so excited to continue to talk to my followers on it just in this intense way. Like I always joke that I want to grow up with them, like I want to get married with them, like I want to have kids with them. Like I feel like we're friends and now we're just starting this journey together. So, my focus for the next year is just going to be continuing to talk to them um, and and foster this special relationships and I'm going to do the annoying influencer thing saying that I do have some cool stuff coming up <laughs> and I can't wait to share it with everybody, but um yeah for now I'm getting through Christmas
1: party season (laughs) (laughs) just trying to hang on in there (laughs) yeah Um, thanks so much for joining us thank you for having me this was was so fun um you can follow Christina Tinks
2: at at Tinks on TikTok at it's me Tinks on
1: Instagram thank you so much for joining me and thank you for listening I hope you enjoyed that if you have any questions please do email podcast at sharelux.com we love hearing from you don't forget to rate review subscribe and tell your friends and we'll see you next time Bye bye